B. Sharad. Mr. Sharad, can you tell us about yourself? I am uh, Sharad. I am uh, from Karnataka and uh, I am a 2011 batch IS officer. I have been allotted Karnataka cadre. And uh, before this, uh, uh, my education, if you were to ask me, I have done my master's in English literature. And thereafter, I joined the state government services. Uh, I was assistant commissioner of commercial taxes. Inspired by one of my bosses, the work he did in the department, I went on to you know uh, choose IAS as my you know professional uh, career. And then I made it into the IAS uh, in uh, 2011. What motivated you to take up civil services? A lot of people tell me that you know the background helps a lot. Uh, in the sense that if you have parents, you know, who have already in the service, you know, it gives you a boost and uh, it, you are one step ahead. But in my case, it was sort of a demotivator, I must say. I had my father who was in the civil services and uh, since he was uh, a case officer, then got promoted to IAS. Now, I used to see the uh, uh, troublesome, you know, atmosphere, what a case officer used to face and all that. So, it was sort of a demotivator. I didn't initially, you know, choose civil services as a career. In fact, I started my career as a lecturer in English in uh, uh, National College Baswangudi. Uh, thereafter, uh, I moved on to Christ College. I worked in the Department of Media Studies. Uh, also, I was teaching uh, English uh, literature uh, there. So, this is, you know, I started career as a lecturer. Then, uh, moving ahead, uh, I thought, you know, why not, you know, take a try at civil services. And then I gave my case exams in 2006. I made it uh, and uh, was selected as Assistant Commissioner of Commercial Taxes. There, uh, two very important officers, you know, I could, you know, come across and uh, watch their style of functioning, uh, which really motivated me. And, you know, I am here today because of them. You know, one is uh, uh, the Commissioner of Commercial Taxes, Mr. Ravi Kumar, who, from whom we took the joining orders. Uh, I was watching, you know, the way uh, senior IS officers were, you know, working. After him, uh, another officer, uh, Mr. Pradeep Singh Karola. So, he was uh, in the department for quite some time and I could see him, you know, over a period of two to three years, you know, that uh, the uh, kind of reforms he was bringing in in the entire department. It was like, uh, uh, you can say that he just turned around, you know, the functioning of the department and so much of, you know, the public faith and the faith of the community of traders, you know, was kept in the department. So, that is the kind of steps he took, you know, introduction of the entire thing was computerized. Uh, you, he introduced uh, deemed assessment and all these things, you know. So, it really brought in a lot of uh, changes. And earlier, you know, check posts were considered to be uh, places of uh, harassment. And uh, he introduced this e-sugam you know, where you just had to download a number on the net and just, you know, give it the number at the check post. So, entire transaction could be seen at the in the back end on the, you know, computers. So, you did in uh, the manual uh, uh, documents and all, so much of it was done away. And it brought down a lot of, you know, harassment to the people. Now, this really gave me a lot of inspiration. The kind of changes in the system that a, a regular direct recruit can bring is it, tremendous. It's immense. And I thought, you know, I've, I'm curbing myself by not, you know, trying to put more efforts and get into such a service where I can do, you know, good for the social good, you know, for the public and the people. So, that gave me the inspiration. Then I started preparing. 
and uh, in fact, uh, Pradeep Singh Karola sir was still in the department I, when I got into the IAS and I told him you are my inspiration <laughs> he was really taken aback and he said uh, I did not know that you know you have taken me as an inspiration and I said not only me sir, lot of other people are, have taken you as an inspiration and are preparing for the services. Uh, so, he was very you know humbled and he said you know wish me all the best. So, this is how you know I got inspired by another great man. And you know, uh, really, even today, uh, there is a lot th in that you can do for betterment of the people's lives. What was your father's reaction when he came to know that you were pursuing IAS? My father always wanted me to get into the civil services right from the beginning. But as I told you, uh, he didn't uh, quite you know measure up to the role model that you know I was looking for, uh, because I used to see the way you know he was being troubled in his services and all that. Uh, so, that is why you know I told him when he told me you know take up civil services I was like you know let me see you know give me some time I have to make up my mind and all that and I started my career as a lecturer. Uh, later on only when I could directly see for myself only when I could see the uh, the way you can you know really deliver uh, you know that really gave me the impetus and uh, there I was inspired. So, Somewhere it was like a not exactly a, a motivator, it actually <laughs> rather demotivated me. Uh, but then again, when I saw a real officer in you know action, that gave me the real inspiration and that motivated me again to get into the services. As Kalaburgi's deputy commissioner, you took some tough calls. What was your first thought when you got to know that Kalaburgi has a COVID-19 case? How did you arrive at the decisions you took? Uh, see, what happened was... Uh, when we got to know that the first death has happened in Kalburgi, it was quite a moment for us. You know, it was something which was very overwhelming, and the entire nation, the entire world was watching. You know, Kalburgi, the first case in the entire country, and my chief secretary, uh, sir, he called me and you know he told me, Ushari Kalburgi, Wuhan agbitre kasta, Wuhan agbitre kasta. In sense, you know, Kalburgi should not turn out to be another Wuhan. Uh, because that was the first hit in the country. Now that was you know the sort of uh, situation we were in. And some calls had to be taken and I requested my chief secretary sir to allow me to take those calls at, at my level itself and not wait for you know the uh, approval from the state and uh, he said we are with you, you take whatever you know decisions you have to take at your level, we will support you from the state and that is when I thought how we have to contain the spread of this virus. See, the most important thing is you have to contain it in a particular zone itself. By that time, we had some you know basic uh, literature on this in the sense of this containment zone, buffer zone and all these things. And I you know went through all that and to the you know minutest extent without any deviation, we you know put a, uh, uh, the containment zone into action over there uh, in the real sense of it. We sealed off all the entry exit routes except for one you know uh, entry and exit you know, point. And then all the households in that uh, zone were you know, screened, a house to house survey was done and there we were able to successfully contain the spread of the virus. Otherwise, it would have been a very you know different you know scenario what you know we see from today. So, the initial steps you know that I took is first thing is thinking of not to allow this virus to spread out from that area. Okay, the, that man who actually initially died, he had come from Saudi Arabia and uh, he had come around uh, February 29th of this year and uh, until March 6th, he was not having any symptoms. On March 6th, he falls slightly ill and then his family physician suggests that you know it is better if he gets admitted 
and uh, this person gets admitted in the hospital and that is when we realize that there is a person having these 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 symptoms which are akin to covid so on march 9th he comes out to the hospital and says you know that i am having these, these symptoms and then you know we jump into action take his samples and send it for you know uh, verification and, and all that and then in the meanwhile we advise him to get admitted to esi hospital and which against medical advice he goes to hyderabad because he has been taking uh, uh, their uh, medication since a long time he was an asthmatic and uh, there he went there and by the time he came back you know he was in a very serious condition and he actually you know expired in hyderabad itself he was brought dead so his body was taken to the you know jims hospital gulbarga institute of medical sciences hospital it was sanitized and then we followed all those protocols of you know deep burial and all that never we had any case of you know issues with respect to burial in kalburgi so right from the first thing you know first hit what is the thing that i should do in order to see that my people are safe so that is the first you know thing you know i had to respond so first respond is response was lockdown the movement of people had to be curtailed so what we did is we issued passes and only you know people under emergency services they were you know given passes to move around so and all these public joints you know for example liquor you know uh, joints excise uh, <coughs> joints hotels bars restaurants and all that so on public places jatras and all these you know malls and you know so all such places where there was gathering of people i took a call to restrict that so in essence you know in kalburgi we had the first lockdown in the entire country and all those uh, steps which i took uh, they were you know in, uh, becoming uh, a sort of circulars for the entire state as such so we had to think ahead you know how we can you know stop this then the movement of people you know we restricted the amount of fuel that was been you know given to people okay then we put up check posts and whoever was coming into kalburgi they were screened and i made a public you know request saying that unless they had very uh, critical work to you know in kalburgi your advice not to come to kalburgi and uh, meanwhile what was happening was maharashtra was taking you know a very bad you know turn uh, in terms of you know this covid spread so i had to control the influx of people from there and also our movement of our people from you know across the borders our border was we shared borders with maharashtra and telangana so uh, this border inter border movement also we had to restrict it and uh, a lot of screening was being done at the check posts even for the, for the city also we had separate check posts so like this whatever was to be done in order to curb the spread so all those actions you know uh, uh, we in, in terms of restricting you know people's movements you know uh, uh, banning people's you know congregations or you know uh, m- gatherings at various public places and all these uh, sort of steps you know i started taking so that is how we could uh, actually stop this virus from moving you know very fast so we the as you know the uh, incubation period is 14 days so that was very you know critical you know phase for us uh, the first 14 days we had to see that you know st- cases don't come out of the containment zone and after that again we had to go for large scale you know screening to see that you know whether at all you know if at all the ca- cases has the virus has if at all spread anywhere so like that you know very uh, going to the basics and you know doing the you know proper uh, house to house survey 
screening all the people, especially the comorbid people. You know, as you know, this virus uh, has more uh, potency when it is when it affects a person with some comorbidity. And all people with comorbidity, they, we did a very special drive for this. We identified such people, and we kept, you know, monitoring, you know, such people, uh, their health status. Uh, in fact, you know, once when we are doing this survey of these comorbid people, we realized that there were still many comorbid people who didn't know that they are comorbid. <coughs> so that was a, a great learning for us. Uh, and those people, you know, for example, people with uh, hypertension, people with, you know, diabetes. There were so many undetected cases. So once we did this survey, we got to know that there are so many other people who are vulnerable, but they don't know that they are vulnerable. And uh, it is this exercise uh, to identify the vulnerable, you know, that uh, exercise that we did. We were fairly largely, you know, successful in, in uh, trying to curb this uh, virus, the spread of the virus. So once we identified these vulnerable. Uh, they were like, you know, uh, given the, so whatever treatment they had to be given, they were put on drugs and, you know, their comorbidities were kept under check. Another glaring, you know, very shocking issue that came to our uh, notice was the people who were with comorbidities. In some cases, it was very uncontrolled. The diabetes was uncontrolled, hypertension was uncontrolled and they had somehow neglected it. And even such cases, you know, we were able to put them, you know, bring them back to the manageable levels and see that, you know, they did not aggravate. So these things, one is already those who are comorbid and bringing the, keeping them, you know, making them less vulnerable by giving them all the, you know, drugs and, you know, keeping them under constant scrutiny. And second is identifying new comorbid people who could, you know, become uh, victims, you know, to this virus and, you know, also bringing them under the uh, health care system. So, this is a very critical step that we did, which really I could, I can tell you, you know, we stopped the spread of the virus. How did people respond to these measures? In fact, uh, so we had this great event in uh, Kalburgi on February 5th, uh, 6th and 7th of February. Uh, that was this 85th Akila Bharata Kannada Sahitya Samarana. Uh, what we did is we, we were reading, you know, incidents that were happening in Wuhan and uh, since this was a very big event, uh, roughly 2 lakh people gathering on a day and uh, for 3 days and uh, towards the end of it, it was more than 6 lakh people who had come there. Now, that was a great challenge and since I had this information in the back of my mind, I knew that, you know, some virus of this sort is spreading and, you know, we are doing a very large mega event of, you know, people gathering. We started taking steps in this event itself. Uh, for example, most important step that we are taking this is social distancing, okay, and then um, giving the message to the people. We were able to sensitize people about this, you know, uh, what are the steps that need to be taken to stop, you know, the spread of virus. One is you wear a mask, another keep yourself, you know, clean, okay, and then, you know, uh, maintain social distancing. These were the three most important things that had to be done and we were able to sensitize people. So, that is why although parallelly we had a very big event, we did not have any issues there. So, that is how we started preparing and then uh, it is like not uh, usually what happens in the government is you know, you are always firefighting. You know, something hits you and then you try to hit, you know, control. Now, we went a step further to see that how actually we were, we are in a situation where we are not firefighting, you know, we are already, you know, controlled. So, we started thinking what next, what next, what next, you know, how we can really put an end to uh, this, you know, spread. So, one was 
as I told you, the containment zone and buffer zone having it very strictly uh, demarcated and controlled. Now, when you do that, there are some challenges that arise, like in the sense, uh, vegetables people have to come out for you know their groceries and you know daily needs or milk and all that. Now we started a, a huge uh, exercise where uh, the supply of uh, rations and all this was done within the ward. Okay, they were not allowed to come outside the containment zone. So that is the first thing. Then uh, the vegetables, you know, vendors. We made a, a team, and then you know we uh, put them some uh, vehicles. We hired. This is a huge logistics exercise we did, and saw that you know the vegetables and all were available within the wards and at their doorstep. They did not have to come out, go to a place, congregate there, and then you know buy all this. So like this, you know, how we could avoid people from coming out. And gathering at you know places. So most then you know what we did is initially when I got this hit, uh, uh, this information that this person who had come from abroad, we did not have this information at our end. So this is a challenge. You know, first thing is you don't have the list of people who have returned from abroad. So that's an important. That's the most important you know missing link that was there. So what we did is we started a call center where we had ten hunting lines. And then people could report to us about people who returned, just returned from abroad. So this was very helpful for us. We got more than 475 cases, which were reported by neighbors. Okay, they just made calls to us and said, "This person, he had been abroad, and he has just come back. You know, you please attend to this case." So that is how we could, you know, control this, uh, you know, the spread. We could go immediately and reach out to them and get that person, you know, screened if at all he had some symptoms. And then you know, watch, keep a watch over him. There was uh, this thing that people were trying to do. They were at the airports, you know, before just before the landing, they used to take paracetamol and try to you know underplay the symptoms of the virus, you know, that uh, temperature and all that. Uh, so not many cases were getting detected at the airports. Now these people would you know easily slip in uh, to their homes, and if we if at all we we never even check them, then it would have you know given rise to a massive disaster. So since we had this, you know, community participation that we we sensitize sensitize the people, and from their end we used to get information about people coming in, even at the villages. You know, there are some people who are returning just slithering inside from Maharashtra. You know, where the not uh, from the regular check post, but through the fields. You know, they used to come, but once they entered the village. Uh, we used to immediately get information about them uh, from this, you know, uh, through our helplines, and immediately our team at the local level used to go and you know isolate these people, screen them, and do the testing of them, and then if at all they were found positive, we used to isolate them and you know give them treatment. So this uh, we built up a very dynamic, you know, synergy with the local, uh, with all the people. Uh, at all levels, you know, be it you know uh, the jilla uh, panchayat or taluk panchayat or gram panchayat at the village level, the revenue functionaries and the police department especially. So they were working in as a team. So whenever the information used to come, they used to go there, visit, and, and uh, the Asha Anganwadi workers used to go there and you know screen them. And if they found that this person is you know having any of the symptoms, you know, they used to the health department used to uh, take the help of the police and shift them, and all the treatment used to be given. So it was like you know the entire machinery, you know, it was working in beautiful you know synchronization. So one information that we got, it was passed uh, through all the agencies, and they used to act on this, and uh, we used to see that uh, that person, whatever information is got, we are acting on it within 24 hours. So uh, like this. So, because we could get the community on our side, 
uh, it was a great help you know boost uh, for us you know a booster for us in our efforts to control contain this virus is there anything that you would have changed while initially responding to the pandemic might be there are some uh, uh, issues areas like you know information flow uh, we were not getting information from the airports directly you know about uh, immigrants who were coming in so that took some time to st get streamlined initially it was a sort of a, a gray area for us so probably you know that if that information had come uh, we could have uh, you know acted even faster but uh, we made we made up for that uh, gap we made up for that gap by setting up a call center and you know by uh, making people as participants so when they started understanding that it is for their own good in fact one interesting case i'd like to tell you uh, where the uh, one uh, person had returned from abroad and uh, the parents you know male child the parents you know did not allow him into the house they called us and told see my son has come you first come you check him and only then you know we will after you say okay we we'll let him into the house i was really touched you know by the way the people are assisting you know we were on our side so that was a really very interesting thing you know the people they took it on themselves that we are responsible for our safety for our security okay for our health you know that was the message which we wanted to you know reach to the people and i am i must say that we very successfully we were able to give that message what can bureaucrats do to connect more with people now most probably see your work should speak for you now uh, being in kalburgi i had the benefit of this uh, akila bharata kannada sahitya samelna the 85th uh, akila bharata sahitya samelna so people had seen me work there and uh, they uh, get to know your ethos you know your uh, work culture and then you know they join sides with you It's basically you must show that you are accessible you must be accessible to people that's the most important thing for a bureaucrat the gone are the days where you can sit in the ivory tower and expect things to be done no you must be seen you know seen on the field and you must be seen to be doing on the field and you know you must have the uh, uh, reciprocal you know uh, feedback channel at the you know very cutting edge level you know with the people uh, with your public with your citizens you know that is the way then only you can get, gather their trust once you they trust you you know they believe you and then you know they accept whatever you do in good faith so i think you know bureaucracy has, still has a lot of you know challenges ahead are there for us no matter but still there's a lot of scope for us to do it but we have to take the people into confidence and do it you know you cannot be having airs about ourselves that we shouldn't carry that uh, thing you should show that we are i mean we must be approachable and when only people feel that you know you are there to listen Uh, only then you will get to know what is really happening otherwise you will be fed with you know all sorts of uh, stories you know that uh, are given different colors so one is being accessible you know exactly second is being you know on the see if, you know, on your toes you know being there and seeing you know what is happening and you know responding to that you know you cannot uh, one as i told you uh, usually bureaucracy means you know it is already always a fire fighting you know sort of a thing now that is the common you know perception going beyond this 
what next you know what would happen where should i you know seeing one month down the line what would be the number of cases of you know we may have in kalburgi and uh, okay if that is going to be the case then what should i do now to see that that number is reduced a lot of this sort of you know asking ourselves and then you know, are proactively trying to take some measures you know this uh, really you know is the challenge for bureaucracy and uh, people nowadays i also hear that you know the laws are not enough you require more stronger laws you know more punitive laws and i say i think you know that is not the case the laws that are there are you know very much enough it is a way you exercise them you know will you know show your efficiency and all that so you must be approachable you and your subordinates you know so many cases if they know that you are a person with some attitude they will not at all come to you and you know report what is happening so getting to know the pulse of the people getting to know what is really happening see our foot soldiers are the most important people unless you understand what is happening at their level you will not be able to really in a meaningful way do something at all in the entire system so having that uh, uh, feedback you know mechanism where you are approachable from you know to the people to your you know subordinates and all these things and uh, also taking initiative uh, to see that yes what can we do so that it doesn't spread in the sense thinking ahead okay you know being proactive in taking steps there is a lot of challenges and you know it is really a life of fulfillment really i feel you know very fulfilled when i look back at my experience you know, of kalburgi it was a great experience and a lot of other districts were you know interacting with me uh, even in not only in karnataka but across the country people you know uh, district magistrates deputy commissioners were calling me and asking me what is it that you have done you know how are you were you able to control this you know spread and all that so it gives you a lot of satisfaction so that is one thing and uh, another quality that a bureaucrat must have is is know to work in teams you know take everyone into confidence and go in my case uh, my superintendent of police uh, uh, mr ida martin my chief executive officer of jila panchayat dr p raja okay and uh, uh, my police commissioner i had two police commissioners mr yamen nagraj and uh, mr satish kumar uh, the kind of uh, synchronization we had with you know each other they used to attend all the meetings keep in you know saying and if there was some contact tracing that had to be done which became slightly difficult they used to swing into action and identify that person and you know see that he is isolated so entire thing as as i told you up, up to the gram panchayat level that is the jila panchayat network the chief executive officer of jila panchayat uh, the district health officer the entire health machinery so it is like you you are the head of the you know team and you, the way you take your team you know together ultimately defines or reflects how successful you are what are you looking forward to in 2021 uh 2021 one thing we must realize is uh, we are moving now almost we are into the uh, winters and uh, during the winters there is a rise in this ili you know influenza like illness and uh, severe acute respiratory infections sari so this is the time we have to be more cautious and uh, all our health system has to be geared up to meet more number of you know such cases and if we are able to successfully treat and you know contain uh, during this you know winter it's going to be very crucial for us then i think you know 2021 wouldn't be any uh, matter of uh, concern um, further this go virus would always you know would stay like you know you have uh, h1n1 or any other virus it's just that uh, it would the magnanimity the scale of you know infections would be reduced to bare minimum 
and uh, also we are seeing the lights of hopes of you know uh, vaccines being you know uh, coming uh, to the shelves so i think 2021 wouldn't be you know this grimsome or this grim picture wouldn't be there in 2021 that is with respect to coronavirus what are you looking forward to in the new year personally personally uh, yes you know uh, one is arriving you know feeling that you have arrived there it is like you know you have a Uh, sense that i have arrived no i never uh, feel that i have arrived i always feel that it's a journey you know, i have so many skills to uh, update myself and uh, looking forward you know what contributions i can make in my own you know field uh, so one is of course learning uh, new uh, skills and uh, uh, anticipating you know what uh, what are the you know, changes that we could bring in the system which really you know will impact uh, uh, the lives of the people so it is is a constant you know progression sort of a thing what are the new skills that you are learning uh now uh, what i'm doing is uh, i'm looking towards uh, the urban development issues what are the issues that you know huge big cities are facing and how we can you know effectively control them see for example you see that every uh, rainy season bangalore is in in very bad shape so what is that you know that can be done uh, how it can be attended at the micro level every t- time the top person in the system cannot you know uh, come there and do it on the ground you know like we did in the corona issue we made local teams so they were giving them responsibility at the local level giving them some them some financial freedom uh, to take decisions at their level and seeing and we also we put in their minds to think about what could happen what might happen because you already I, as i told you the typical mindset is you something happens and you respond something happens and you respond now going beyond this uh, what is that that you could just force you okay this may happen how is it that we can be better prepared for this you know that sort of incident response system among the local you know population more number of trainings i'll tell you disaster management is a very mine minutely explored subject in our country disaster management so that is uh, one area wherever i'm working i would like to sensitize people about these things so that god forbid we do not hit with another disaster but if uh, we are then you know how is it that we are to respond so there is a system in place and then you know it is safer for the people also and it is easier for the administration also otherwise like in my case you have to start from scratch i had to start from scratch so sensitizing people about this disaster management and also you know learning you know whatever in future the roles that i would be made to face gearing up for that so this is how my days ahead would be yeah, we are in a way we have a ndrf we have a force which is put in when there is some natural disaster Uh, we have uh, teams that are coming in from the disaster response forces that are coming in and helping us during uh, floods let us say okay or something like that but uh, when it comes to a disaster like this a medical you know sort of health uh, issue related disaster how is it that we are going to face so we have to think of all types of disasters and the disaster management i would you know uh it is my personal feeling and i would also not hitch to recommend that it should be a part of the curriculum that is very important this is what i learned you know in the field that you know people they were looking up to you they already always looking up to you what should we do next now it is not that easy to keep giving every instruction you know uh, every minor instruction so that gap was you know very uh, uh, visible 
in fact corona what it did is it showed us the gaps that were in the system that is how i would like to see and uh, for me it was one uh, uh, what do you say opportunity uh, to try to mitigate or try to see that these gaps are narrowed so that is how you know i looked at it thank you mr sharath we wish you the best in your pursuit of learning new skills